Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Happy motherfucking Black Friday! <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a great way to kick <laughs> off another episode of After Nine. Welcome to it, everybody. I, uh, I've i got so many different balls up in the air here, and we're going to start off by talking about balls. <laughs> great. Well, and I don't even remember, because we've got so many different things on the go here. We've got the morning show, we've got the evening show, and we've got the podcast. Did we talk about 50 Cent in the pod? Did we talk about Fiddy in the pod? That is a good question. I, I don't I think, think we did. We, we might have, we might have, but it might have been very like short, a short little kind of summary of what happened. Can you tell everybody roughly what happened, and then I'll tell you why I'm asking. Okay, so Fifty Cent is suing a plastic surgeon. Yes, and see, as I'm sitting here, I do remember talking about it, but I'll give you the brief synopsis. So Fifty Cent is suing a plastic surgeon because a plastic surgeon used his image on a male enhancement surgery promotion. And 50 claimed some way, somehow, and we'll find out during trial, but he did allow her to use the photo. He thought it was for something else. What else a plastic surgeon would use your photo for? I don't know. Why would you agree to that? I don't know. But he didn't know that he that she would be using it for those purposes. So there you go. The advertisement's out there, and now he is suing. Um, and this will actually go to trial in Florida. Is it in Florida? I believe it's in Florida is where this plastic surgeon is based. And that will happen in next year and in, in the summer of next year. That's the gist of the story. And of course, he's it's caused him emotional distress, he claims, because a lot of people assume he must have got a procedure to make his penis bigger. That would that would be the assumption if you saw someone's face on a poster. Right. It's why a lot of people who do random ads don't want their face on like a herpes poster or some shit like that, right. because everyone's going to assume, obviously, you've had herpes. Uh, so same thing with him, but with male enhancement surgery. I don't even know what that means even and how they enhance your dick, but they can do it. So there you go. There's the gist of it. I'm actually reading about how they do it. Okay. Well, I'm wondering how invasive is this? Does mm-hmm. it hurt? And and how much can you possibly gain from it? And we can Literally. actually measure that in inches. Literally. Yes. So the length of a non-erect penis doesn't consistently predict length when the penis is erect. If your penis is about five inches, that's 13 centimeters, or longer when erect, it's of typical size. A penis is considered small only if it measures less than three inches. So you're not in the small category unless you haven't even got three. How partners view penis size, this is from the Mayo Clinic, advertisers would have you believe that your partner cares deeply about penis size. If you're concerned, talk to your partner. Understanding your partner's needs and desires is more likely to improve your relationship than actually going out and changing the size of your penis. Hang on. Are they suggesting that we talk to our partners about what they do or don't like in the bedroom? Standard communication. What? Yes. What yes. a th- what a theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, they say there are various penis enlargement products, like there's pills, lotions, vacuum pumps, there's exercises, stretching, 
Those Ex- are all options. Hang on. Exercises. Ah, sometimes called jelking. These exercises <laughs> use a hand-over-hand motion to push blood from the base to the head of the penis. Although this technique appears safer than other methods, they say there's no scientific proof that it works and it can lead to scar formation, pain, and disfigurement. Oh, that doesn't sound nice. Right. They say surgery is risky and it may or may not work. But if you want to do it, there's a couple different ways. They start by cutting the suspensory suspensory ligament. It's the most widely used surgical procedure to lengthen the penis. They cut into this ligament that attaches the penis to the pubic bone and then skin is moved from the abdomen to the penis. Basically, they're going to take some fat out of your belly and they're going to put it in your pecker. Then they do a little tissue graft and there's also penis implants. Those surgeries involve placing material under the skin of the penis to give a thicker appearance. This is if you want the girth Infections and problems with a graft may require another surgery to remove it. Shortening, scarring, and curving of the penis can occur. So with all this in mind... I love the word girth. Why why would somebody go and do this? With all the risks and, and all the different things that can go wrong, and it doesn't sound nice, and if they're taking fat out of your belly and they put it down there, right. I mean, you're really just kicking the can down the road, so to speak. <laughs> 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 I'm not road. fat anymore, but my wiener's big. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I Some people really, like, it's a, probably a, a soft spot for them. Uh, no, it's probably really is something that they think about a lot, I suppose, for those people. And money. Does it say anything about money? See, I'm most curious about what, what does this cost people? Ah, I can look that up for you. But before I do, do you think Curtis Fitty is lying? I don't know, because I'm wondering. It wouldn't surprise me if he did get something done. I don't know. Like, I mean, he's got the means to do something if he wanted to. Does it mean he would? I don't know. Would. There's too many of them, right? There's too many damn puns we can use here. So sure I'm going to try to, I'm actually trying to avoid them, but it's really hard. Just give us the Etsy, long and short. It's really hard. Give us the long and short of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. So he, what he's saying, by the way, is he's, he's clarifying that he has many, he's had many partners through the years, which I totally believe. And that they will step forward and let them know and let the world know if he has to. He's going to unleash these women onto the world to let them know that his dick is perfectly fine and has always been fine. I don't know if that's, there's any truth to that. Okay, well, the average cost is about fifteen grand, and it involves a $1,000 down payment and then a series of payments until you're all paid up. Then you go under the knife, so to speak, and that's when you come out with the results. It doesn't work every time, though. That's the thing. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they got to do a redo. And I don't know why someone would put themselves through that that many times. It's, uh, uh, I, I was curious after the 50 cent thing. So I wanted to look it up. And y- yeah, this seems very uncomfortable. I thought if it's cheap and Fiddy did it, well, maybe I should do it. Maybe we should all really? do it. Maybe we should all go and get an enlargement or a nip tuck or something like so that. So let me ask you a, a personal question that you can say I don't, you don't want to answer. But if a surgeon was willing to do any number of those procedures for you for free, but it does cost you something. They want to use your face on billboards and advertisements in perpetuity for that product or surgery. Would you say yes to it? You're goddamn right. I would. would you really? Yeah. Okay. Listen. Interesting. It, it's one thing to be the face of, oh, there's the, the guy and there's another penis enlargement billboard with that guy Scott on there. Everybody knows you're packing after that. <laughs> Who's not going to want to see it afterwards? You'd be like the, the freak at the party. Like, 
Heard you got it done. Can I see? Like, there'd be you guys want that want to see it. Girls <laughs> will want to see it. Everybody'd want to see it. Is it and a- how big is it? Everybody's going to wonder. You know what's interesting, too, as you as you talked about this and the fact that I had no idea what it would be about, and nor did you, but it's so amazing how many of us understand, like, a, a breast um, either augmentation or uh, enhancement. We all like, know we how all that know works. what that is. So it's interesting. It's interesting. But it's amazing how many guys get this done. You never hear anything about it. You don't even really uh, see any ads for it. It's mainly the the female surgical procedures, the breast augmentation. Well, that's where a lot of money is too. But there's guys going too, and nobody talks about it. And I'm just wondering why. Um, Maybe we should make it in the mainstream. Well, I think Maybe I'll get it done and then I'll show all you guys on Instagram when I get kicked off. There's um there's <laughs> when you get kicked off. There's um surgeries that, that women that that women with female genitalia can get as well that isn't talked about as much either. They can get various yeah, things various done. Yeah, various things done, right? And it's kind of similar. So I don't know if it's a crotch area thing where a lot of people don't really want to expo- <laughs> expose that they've had something done. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, let's see here. It's a big day today. It's the end of the inquiry into the use of the Emergencies Act in Ottawa. I, I find it very, very surreal, the thought of a sitting prime minister on the stand being cross-examined by numerous lawyers. And there's so many lawyers at this inquiry. The Civil Liberties Association's got lawyers. The commission has them. The government has them. The Ontario government has them. OPP, everybody. And every one of them is going to want to get some questions into the prime minister because they all want him on the record on various things. So today is going to be historic for Mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. And at stake here, Justice Rouleau, when he's done, he's kind of done work today, but now he's just got to go into his office and write. He's going to have to write his opinion, and it's due in February. Apparently, that release of this inquiry's findings mm-hmm. is going to coincide with Freedom Convoy 2.0, which is already being planned for February in Ottawa. People are planning on going back again. Oh. Yeah, a second one. Oh. Like a, a one-year anniversary kind of deal. Like, Do you think that's what it get is? get the band back together. Well, I was wondering that because I can't believe we're almost, appro- almost approaching a year. It's a few, mo- what, a few months off? Yeah, about four months. Do you think that there's truth to that? I think there's probably a lot of truth in that people want to do it. I have no doubt that there's some people who absolutely will do it if there's any mandates between now and then. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's a good idea. I'll just flat out say it. All through the convoy, what did we say consistently? We hear you, we see you, you made your point, go home. But they kept staying. I, I'm going to say it again. We hear you, we see you, you don't need to do this again. It's really just sort of poking the bear, and I really don't think this needs to be done. The point got made last year, and the government is very, very uncomfortable right now. There's a lot of people scrambling. Uh, Christian Freeland yesterday, it was almost bizarre after... All we've heard so far through six weeks of testimony. Yesterday at a left field, she throws out a new theory. And she's really, really, really reaching. She told the inquiry yesterday she believes Canada's security as a country is built on economic security. And if that's threatened, all of the country's security is threatened. That's a really, really strange interpretation of the circumstances, but, you know, they're just trying to throw as much as they can at the wall, get it on paper, and then it's more that Rouleau has to consider when he's drafting up his ruling, which will, Hmm. or his findings, which again will be released in February. Again, why does it take that, why why does it take that long? I imagine because there's six weeks of testimony. There's a lot to go through. Yeah, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair, fair. 
And and then Christmas break and shit like that. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. So they're putting this out there as another theory, and we had the justice minister out there cowering, saying, I was afraid to go to work, and I didn't know what to do. A, a lot of other MPs crossed the lawn, no problem at all. They walked through the convoy, a couple high fives, a couple hugs. As some of them got an FU here and there, but that was just the way it worked. Uh, Lametti yesterday made it seem like he was terrified. The staff and the PMO sent home before the protesters even arrived. So, you know, there's a lot of reason to think that the the people who make the decisions were frantically scared for their own safety, not the national security. And the prime minister is going to have to answer that. You know what else I'm hoping he gets asked about today is the fuck happened between you and Doug Ford? How right. come Doug... Yeah. Didn't get involved in Ottawa, but did take on Windsor. To me, that's backwards. I would have thought Doug, the province, deals with Ottawa because that's squarely in Ontario territory. And then the feds clear the border. That's what I thought right. was going to happen. But then we had that added layer of protection needed for the prime minister who resides in Ottawa. So I think that that probably comes into play there, right? When you're threatened in any way, shape or form, I bet you your people, if you will, your people, even though they're all his people, your people is, are going to be the ones who take care of that. They could have worked together. And there's some who want to hang the cops out to dry for this. And, and maybe that's rightfully so. I mean, there was a lot of inaction before a lot of action all happened in a very short amount of time. And that lot of action ended the protest. Okay. But why couldn't they work together? It didn't need to be, okay, RCMP will handle Ottawa because it's on Wellington Street and Wellington falls within the parliamentary precinct. Okay. Uh, Doug, the bridge ends in Windsor, so you've got to go and deal with that one. I want to know how they worked it all out, and I want to hear what the conversation was. If Trudeau's text messages get released today, which I'm really hoping Ooh, they will. Fun. That'd be amazing. Popcorn. Grab I it. I want to see the conversation. Was Doug in on this and, and fully supportive like he made it seem on TV? Or was he up at the cottage unavailable? Did he just plain not want to get involved? I don't know. But I mean, there's a big hole in this inquiry and that hole is Doug Ford. This is the premier of Ontario during all of this going on who it seems like didn't want to get engaged. Mm -hmm. At one point, the Solicitor General at the time, Sylvia Jones, she's now the health minister. Well, when she was the Solicitor General, apparently there was a phone call between her and the public safety minister federally, Marco Mendicino. He suggested that they move. And apparently, if you believe, I didn't actually read it. I've heard about it from credible sources, but I haven't read it. So I'll just say, apparently, the, the uh, Solicitor General, Sylvia Jones, said, you're not my fucking boss. Whoa. I don't have so it really right. seems like Ontario wanted nothing to do with any of this. And I'm wondering if Justin didn't step in, would this protest still be going on? Who knows? Could it have been cleared up without the Emergencies Act? Yes, quite likely. Mm -hmm. Quite, quite likely. However, um, the, the premier's testimony is what's missing here. And I really hope that if Doug won't testify, then at least we get something from Justin's texts. Do you think Ju uh, Doug and Justin do text or do they only do scheduled phone calls? Yeah, I don't know how that how that works, but I do know that Doug's probably going to be watching today. Oh, you're damn right. They're going to have a big TV and probably a massive because, catering order yeah. set up in the premier's yeah. office well, and they'll be watching every I mean, second of that. At the least, they know he's going to be mentioned. And again, we're going to state and the fact that we all understand it is very interesting that they put this on a Black Friday ahead of the weekend. Anytime is when you want to bury stuff, but especially on Black Friday, I feel like it's 
Uh, it's an interesting choice from, I guess it was Justin's choice um, or Justin's schedule. Sorry. It was, That's the only time he's available. Oh, yes. Friday. Only available on Black Friday. <laughs> Which just, it just leads me back to, and it's not just a Justin thing. It just leads me back to the COVID stuff. Even when Doug wanted to make shitty announcements, it was always on a Friday, right? Yep. It was always buried, buried, buried. Anyway, everybody knows Friday is where news stories go to die. Like everybody knows that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The uh, good news here is as of this weekend, some parents might be able to find some children's Tylenol oh. at Children's Advil. <laughs> it's, it's a might, maybe, may situation. We 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 put the plea out there, and, and I guess if you're a, a prime minister or a, a someone who's in charge of procurement, you just have access to these lists where you can just send out an email and say, hey, we really need some kid drugs. Can you guys help us out? And, and I don't even know who it was that helped us, but I do know that we're getting a shipment in. This, I believe, is children's Tylenol. And there's very few differences, mm-hmm. but they do say there are some. Number one, the warnings are a little different. Of course, that's to be expected. Every country has their own health authority yep. that'll warn of different risks and side effects. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the bottle is a little bit bigger. Okay, I don't think anyone's sure. going to complain about nope. that. Nope. I'll pay twice the price at this point. The packaging is not necessarily bilingual, Oh my God, whatever will French people do? They'll translate just like they always do. I mean, this was never a yeah. problem. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they will. And there's translations online at Tylenol's website for Canada. Well, there it's you very go. accessible. It's yes. very accessible. And there's a slight modification to the recipe, but it's not in a medical ingredient. So everything should be fine. It took a long fucking time to get kids a Tylenol. In yeah, Canada. Yeah. That was way, way, way too long without drugs. I mean, and hang on, we're saying that was. I'm just waiting and seeing how this goes. I mean, I understand. I, I mean, I heard the news earlier this week, Health Canada saying a million shipment, whatever. And I think there's a mix of Advil in there too. I'm not 100% sure, but Tylenol for sure. Uh, and it is starting to hit the shelves. And I'm part of these these groups where people share this because I'm very interested on who's keeping track of this. And I heard a story from one of the people that said there was a Costco that finally stocked up and a Costco employee stopped the person's cart because they had taken about 15 bottles of Tylenol. You're kidding. Can we all agree? Like, don't fucking hoard. You don't need 15 bottles of Tylenol. Most of the stores are going to put a limit on it, which is great. Kind of like we used to do with like Lysol back in COVID days. (laughs) But there is uh, a lot of stores. And I appreciate that. You know, limit two, I'd say even limit one. You shouldn't need more than one for the time being until everybody gets their hands on some who has kids that need it, that may spike a fever in this cold and flu season. So please don't be greedy. If you're buying for someone else, that's like limit two makes sense. I'd probably buy two if I'm at a store coming up that had limit two, but it's because I'm going to give it to, you know, a friend that might need it or a family member or something. 
don't buy a bunch just to keep them in your cupboard and, and they will expire eventually and it'll all be for nothing. And you would have stopped a family from getting it when they need it for that discomfort for that child. So don't be a prick, please. Yesterday, the Center for Disease Control in the U.S., the CDC, confirms something that was said by the premier of Alberta, Danielle Smith, just the other day. The CDC says virtually 100% of children, I'll say that again, 100% of children will contract RSV by the time they're two years old. It is the most common respiratory viral infection for children. Now, in the past, we've all been fine. You got it. I had it, our mm-hmm. parents had it, our grandparents had it. We all had RSV. This year, there's a lot of kids that are having a hard time adapting to it. And it's really, they say, only particularly dangerous for young kids because anything that affects the respiratory tract of a developing set of lungs yeah. and respiratory system is obviously a concern. So this is why you're seeing our children's hospitals overrun with young mm-hmm. children. There's a lot of other factors at play here, though. Let's keep in mind. We've still got some family doctors that won't see patients in person. We've still got some walk-ins that would rather do a phone consult than actually see you in person. And that's part of the reason the Ontario Ministry of Health has asked all of the clinics and clinicians, please open up as much as you possibly can at night, overnight, weekends, operate 24-7 if you can to try and take some of the people out of the ERs, i.e. divert them. If you have a sick kid and you just need a script or you just want somewhere where you know that there is some Tylenol and and Advil, go to the walk-in. Go to the doctor instead of going to the ER. Mm -hmm. That's what the government is asking. But there's still, I mean, for the clinics that are open, I feel for you because you're already doing a ton and you feel like the government's asking you to do even more after two years of pandemic. But I I don't think it was necessarily aimed at the clinics that are already operating at full capacity. It was aimed at the ones that aren't doing anything. So if we could get some people seeing healthcare professionals outside of the emergency room, that'd be great. Once we get some drugs out there available, the Tylenols that are coming in, good. That'll help bring fevers down and make kids feel better. That may help keep people out of the ER and that should help right away. Which is good. We really, really need to, to take the pressure off the hospitals, and I hope this works. But what is the difference now? What is the difference this year versus any other year? Because I can only think of one thing, and I know it's a bad thing to say. The doctors, the public health professionals, they don't want us to say it because they really want everybody masked up again. Masks. The only thing I can think of that's different this year is masks and isolation. Mm -hmm. We've got kids that were intentionally kept out of social situations over the past couple of years. We've got kids that were masked when they were around other people for two years now. Doesn't it kind of make sense that when we send everybody back to school, that RSV is going to come back and these kids haven't developed enough of an immunity because they were wearing masks and were very antisocial for two years. That's the only thing that makes sense in my mind. But all the healthcare professionals keep denying this. Well, and it's a, and it's a combo of, of two. And I don't even agree that we should bring back the masks for those reasons, Scott. Only because if we continue to go masking during these times where these viruses are going going crazy, and they are. I mean, my kids have been on and off sick. Uh, right now, they've been not sick for like a, over a month, and that's a huge win for me, and I'm going to knock on something right now. But my kids have been on and off sick with stuff. It's going to happen. They're in childcare settings. They're in school settings. It's going to happen. That's always kind of been the way. But with that mixture of they've been wearing masks or away from people 
for the last couple of years and boom, now put in these situations where they, hey, they've never experienced this virus. So the virus is very interested in the child and the child doesn't know how to protect themselves against it. That's how we get sick. This is how it works. But if we continue to mask every single time, I also question, and I'm not a medical professional, I'm not saying do it or don't do it. But what I'm saying is I also question, if I make my three-year-old wear a mask, let's say, everywhere we go now, am I just going to make it worse and worse every single time this, this comes around? Or because... Thank the Lord, my child is not immunocompromised. She can get through these things, and I have the means to help her out and make sure that she's okay. Is it for the, for the best for her to just get these viruses so that it doesn't turn out worse the next year and the year after that and the year after that, right? Well, and, and I'm that's that's coming from someone who is wearing a mask when I'm going out. I was at Costco this week. I wore a mask. Anytime I'm out in big big enough crowds, I'm wearing a mask. So again, I'm not no. I'm not saying that no. It doesn't fucking matter, and we should all just not wear a mask. Do it to your comfort level, but also I think it is a mixture of both, but I worry that we're just going to make things worse if we do continue to do that. You know what I'm seeing a lot of right now is frustration and almost a little bit of defeatism. Uh, Nilly Kaplan-Harris is a medical professional, a public health consultant in Ottawa. She ran for a school board trustee in Ottawa with the one and only objective of getting Ottawa students masked again. Well, she brought it up and, and what they decided was a compromise. Yes, we're going to order masks, but there are zero consequences if you don't wear one. So there's essentially no mask mandate then. It's not enforceable anyway. She put out a, a tweet saying, she tried. I've been trying and trying and trying to get them to do this. And I'm wondering, because I feel bad for her because she's actually on a mission here to try and do this. And while I f uh, s firmly disagree with her on this, she's a doctor and I'm not. And if she thinks that this will help, that it, maybe it will. But my question is that no one can seem to answer None of the people that want masks brought back is if COVID isn't the problem right now. And I'm not saying COVID's gone. I'm just saying COVID is not what's fueling this influx into the hospitals with young children. It's RSV. We've never in history worn masks to prevent RSV. We just haven't done it. Everybody gets it before they're two. You develop a little bit of immunity. And then as you get exposed more and more throughout your life, you build more and more and more immunity to it. Great. I don't understand why now we would wear masks, which were intended to stop COVID, just because we've got an RSV outbreak when we never wore them for RSV in the past. Hmm. I don't know that we're actually solving any problems by trying to force people to wear masks again. But the healthcare professionals that truly are passionate about this, that truly believe all this nonsense, actually are firm in their convictions that this is a real thing and we have to wear masks. And I think that's part of the reason they're as passionate as they are. Again, I disagree with them, but uh, you're starting to see that defeatism happen. And I don't know what happens after that. Once we've got a whole bunch of doctors that think they've done all they can do to help people and people did not take their advice, do they kind of lose interest and passion in what they do? Because we don't want that either. We want smart doctors that care about what they do and care about every single person in front of them. So I don't know where we're at here with this, but we definitely, when all this shit is over, have to come back and find a way to get everybody united again and on the same page because the fighting is still mm -hmm. still going on and it, it's frustrating to watch. I don't even participate in a lot of those debates anymore. It's just not worth it to me. I, I'm tired of fighting with people about masks when I thought we had the ultimate compromise. It's your choice. It's your choice. Yeah, I thought I still think that that's a good way to do it. You know, like strongly recommended, but if you don't want to, no one's going to force you. I don't understand what the problem with that is. But if you want to wear one, by all means wear one. If you think you need one, you should wear one.
but you can't judge somebody else for the decision they made. That seemed like a perfectly reasonable compromise. It just, unfortunately, seems to have gone out the window, and I don't know why. Mm. Tomorrow's a big day. We'll end on this. It's National Cake Day tomorrow. Oh, there it is, Scott. National every, Cake Day. That's every day for you. You know, it's funny. Last year on National Cake Day, because I, I haven't really had a sit-down conversation, believe it or not, with my girlfriend about... <gasps> about You've never had an actual sit-down conversation with her about it. About, You've talked about it. We have, in general conversation, like... Uh, uh, I don't know, when we go to a function and we're waiting in line at the bar for a drink, you know, fun little flirty conversations about likes and dislikes, fetishes, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we've never actually sat down and talked about it. And the cake thing was before her. This was uh, yeah. This was like six, seven years. I feel like it was six, seven years ago. Yeah, this came up on a. Yeah. Was it the podcast or the radio show? It, I I th- I don't know if it was mentioned in the radio show, but in the podcast we went in depth. It was in the podcast studio where the moment went down that we, that where we really just jumped on you for what you did, which was I'll, I'll get, you know what? Let me just do a quick synopsis here because we can go unedited here, which is great because we tried to do this on our on our morning radio show, ninety one five The Beat. Didn't work well it's on terrestrial. Hard, it's hard. To, it's hard to do. <laughs> So it, the gist of it is we were doing a podcast at the time. The podcasts were actually just pretty short and sweet. We usually just picked one topic. We talked about them usually 10 minutes or so, whatever. So cake sitting got brought up. I think it did get brought up on the radio. So we brought it into the podcast and our producer at the time, Angelo, and he seemed stumped on what cake sitting was. I don't think he knew what it was, no. or at least he claimed to not know. I had no idea what it was. Well, in all fairness, it would have to be a big fucking cake for him to sit in. <laughs> would he be the sitter? <laughs> Or the watcher. Uh, yeah, either or. It wouldn't surprise me either way. So I had no idea what the hell this was. So in de- in detail, Scott explains. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> My mom makes the cake. I, I feel she bad does, sitting in it. She doesn't ask what it's for, <laughs> which just, is a good thing. She just thinks I like cake. She doesn't know it since <laughs> I'm a sick fucker. <laughs> we should call and check in on him. <laughs> um, okay, so... Scott explained this in detail, like really quick. Like, here's what happens. A lot of people enjoy the feeling of it. And then they lay down the sheet and then they get their girl to sit on it. Usually it's women that are sitting on it. And then you can watch and then you get turned on by watching them get excited about sitting in cake. And then it was confusing. Like, do you eat the cake after? Do you not? And Scott had all this explanation, not just that, but then suddenly this was the moment he whips out his phone and in an instant, there's a cake sitting video for us to watch right there. Mm-hmm. I thought, did you fucking bookmark that? Like you had that up so <laughs> fast. It was incredible. It was like it was your screensaver on a phone. It was insane. So that's when we started to razz you on how much you know about cake setting. You obviously are cake setting. And it was kind of, it started as a joke. It really did. Just like, obviously, obviously you enjoy- are. Ob- Where's my lawyer? I've been Obvious. slandered. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, it was an allegation that Scott obviously- Obviously was into it. And that's where it began. And then people kept bugging people kept bugging him. People still message me about it. Anytime there's a national cake anything, you get tweets. People have actually told me that they tried it based on my recommendation, which I never fucking recommended. <laughs> was it a recommendation? It. I, I, I love how twisted this is getting. Oh, this I is know. Fabulous. Scott told me to sit in a cake. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't fucking do that. You're ridiculous. So Anyway, I've had people reach out to me before that A, either are really, really curious about it or have actually tried it and had mm-hmm. questions about the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with the cake? Do you keep the tarp and wash it or do you fire it in the garbage? That sort of shit. So the answer is, 
I don't want to answer your fucking questions about this. You do whatever you want. If you want to sit in a cake, I'll tell you that it comes from the wet and messy fetish. And and there's wet some... Wet and messy, that's what it's called. So if you picture a... Let's let's picture a vag here. Do you, do you want me to draw you a picture? No, I don't. I know what one looks like. I have one of them. I know, but I can draw them really well now. So... <laughs> Now, as if he's been practicing every night. You know, I'm really good in my sketch class. They're telling me I'm doing better. But I'm going to tell you how this works. You don't want it right out of the oven because that's a sensitive area and you don't need oh. hot cake there. Well, I wonder if you want it in the area at all. Like, I don't think a doctor would recommend it. I don't think any guy, like I could call a guy to call it. My gynecologist who's fantastic, I could probably call her and we could get an answer. But I don't think that they would recommend it. But anyway. Yeah. Doctors also don't recommend acupuncture and chiropractors sure. and all that sort of shit. Yeah, but but here we, we all know it works. We're talking about icing up a vag. It's a lot different, well, I think. Okay, but we're going to have a shower afterwards and then we'll get you all cleaned up. It's fine. At the time, you're going to really like it. We do a lot of fucked up stuff in bed. Like it's just shit that a doctor probably would not approve of. What else, Scott? Do you want to start anything new here? I could write a book. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> And you know what? Doctors will hate it. It will be universally panned by medical professionals. Zero seven doctors recommend this book. Scott's Seven Secrets to a Really Good Night, hated by every doctor uh, in the world. No, I mean, if you if you picture the the ins and outs of it all and sure, the, the sure. anatomy, as you sit in the cake, and you're not just going to let, you don't cannonball into it. You Softly. You, softly. You make a Soft gent. Squish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and put your hand on it. You can start to push down a little bit. You can feel it. And as the cake starts to go through your fingers, for example, it's a really neat feeling. Ah, now picture that on your vag or in your bum. It's like very American pie, isn't it? Very American yeah, pie. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, that's a thing, too. Speaking of shit that doctors wouldn't that's approve a of. Thing. Do you know how many guys at some point in their life have fucked a pie? Do you think so? I bet they have. And they probably got the idea watching that damn movie. Pies watermelons, cantaloupes, all sorts oh, of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. you could stick your dick in, some guy stuck, stuck his dick their in dick in, yeah. Absolutely. This, yeah, this paper towel roll. Someone's probably stuck their dick in a paper towel roll. <clears throat> That's actually a way to measure. Apparently, if you can't get your what? dick into a paper towel roll or if you get your dick into a toilet paper roll and it comes out the other end, that's how you know you're packing. Oh. You didn't okay. know that? No. I, Gr- no. Grab a roll of toilet paper and tell yeah. your husband to take his <laughs> pants off. Let's size you up. In any case, we're going long now, but I'll, I'll tell you, if you want to try it, it's a little bit messy, as I see in these videos. Oh, as you only as he sees. No one I was very careful with his words. If, if you've got tile or something like that, no problem. If you've got hardwood, fine. You're going to clean it up afterwards. If, you're, if you've got carpet, you might want to move to another room or put down you, a small tarp. You get a tarp. Or like a garbage you, bag like, or something Doesn't like everyone that. have a sex tarp anyway or something of the like? Where do you have sex if you don't have a sex tarp? <laughs> if you don't have a sex tarp, is it even sex? Where's your splash zone? Where Did you even have good sex if you don't have a tarp? Down? Where does all the cum go? <laughs> <laughs> now we're really fucking with people, aren't we? Okay, so you've got your, your tarp and you set the cake in the middle. Yep. And, and you go ahead and you do your foreplay and stuff like that. And then at her pace, you know, start to... To, to experience the cake and, and oh, oh, that's a little different feeling there. And as you go lower and lower on the cake, then you'll start to feel more of the cake. And some people really like that sensation. Other people don't. There's a lot of things that some people like and other people don't, though. So it's not for everybody. Is it, uh, uh, do you have, have to worry about issues that you might have to consult a doctor about? Yeah, clean yourself maybe. up afterwards. You should always clean yourself up afterwards. It's just once it gets up inside there. Okay, well, there's douches though and things like that. There's all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I'm you just can saying do. be safe. That's all. I don't want to, nobody ha- wants to have to like 
all right, I got to go to the doctor because I got an infection because I, I sat on a infection cake. Because I sat in a cake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. all. Like, we want to avoid those visits as much as possible. We already have to go regularly every two years we're supposed to. Like, nobody wants an additional service. Okay, we're not talking about something that's imminent danger. Like, if you thought about, I don't know, uh, sticking your dick in a vacuum cleaner or something, <laughs> that's dangerous. I, don't do that. Someone's, and definitely multiple people have done that. Imminent danger that you will probably have to go to the ER for right after you do it. The cake thing? Uh, no, I mean, clean up afterwards and, and you're fine. Anyway, it's National Cake Day tomorrow. If you find yourself a cheap cake, go ahead, try it out. And if not, just suggest it to your significant other. Just float it out there like, hey, you know what I heard on After 9? You know what they do? Don't say, you know what Scott does, because that's bullshit. Say, you know what I heard on After 9 is this uh, cake sitting thing. See what they say. Maybe they're into it. Maybe. You might get lucky this weekend. And you're welcome. We got to go. Yeah, we got to get it. We got Before we do any more harm to our own selves, we're going to leave now. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Boy, the, the doctors are going to fucking hate yeah, this episode. They're not, I don't think that it, this podcast is doctor recommended. We should probably add that. This this podcast is not doctor recommended. Although we do have doctors that listen. I we know do. that. And I know they're that. cool as shit. They are very cool. Listen. Yes, they are. Um, I know Dave's not here, so we, you know, we just apologize to anyone who has stuck anything in and around their vagina or has put their dick in and, or on anything or has had male enhancement surgery. And then just uh, apologies to Mike Tyson. We always have to do that. Just because it's a good idea. Just because it's a good idea. And he's a great person. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.